Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening for what proves to be a very somber morning as we... Gardeners and people everywhere observe the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attack on our country. Now, that being said, that's not what we're here for, because guess what? One of the things you have to take from that experience, whether you were full-grown like me, or whether you were literally in swaddling clothes like Daniel, the thing is... The things that are eternal, the things that are continuous, and the things that are truly American did not die that day. And we who lived through it are commanded, quite frankly, by our higher power to live our best life to honor them. I will never forget that. I trust that you will not ever forget what happened. And its aftermath has affected everybody. But if you want to do something in the honor of the people who were killed that day and the honor of the people who have died since then cleaning it all up, plant a tree. Plant anything, but plant a tree, all right? Let's talk about that. Let's get off into our world, which is the green world of weekend gardening that goes on and is part of the eternal joy. If you look at the memorial, you can see that Having space, having that beautiful reflecting pool, having those people's names are all very important. So are the plants, okay? So let's talk about your plants and my plants and everybody else's plants. Uh, Mike's got new flowers. That's great. Love hearing that. Mike's in Houston. New, got new, send me that picture. Where's your picture, Mike? I see that you've written, but you didn't send me a picture. Hmm. Get that going. <laughs> Greg's in. Good morning. Welcome in. Hope you're in, too. You can let me know. 888-808-8637. That's the Super Talk call line. Ooh, Mike, those are gorgeous. I'm telling you what. There's, a, there's, there's lunch right there. That's great. <laughs> and, of course, the ceasefire text line where that beautiful picture just appeared. 601-879-4395. I like the little verbenas, too. That's pretty. Very sweet. Very, very nice. One of the things that has happened in my garden this week is that the tomatoes went crazy right after the storm, so I have new fruit. And again, I didn't cut the plants back, so the plants are over my head and uh, trying to grab onto everything else around them. So that's been kind of an exciting adventure to try and keep them under control this week. I have also noticed that there are a couple of shrubs I want to move because the area has gotten too shady for them. I like to use the variegated Carissa holly in flower arrangements or in bouquets and things, and it's gotten too grayed with just mold and mildew because it's in so much shade now. The trees around it have gotten thicker. So because it doesn't look so hot and because I'm going to move it, 
I'm thinking, maybe you've got some advice for me, but I'm thinking this might be the time to go ahead and cut it back and get it ready to move in another month or so. I don't want to move it today, but um, I'm ready to get that thing out of there. Both of them, there are two of them, and they've been lovely, but right now they've got too much fungus on them. We were talking with one of our friends that sends in texts and things and whatnot, and I hope y'all are on the line today in Clinton. Um, There are a couple of problems that we're seeing all over the place, and I've been talking to some folks this week to try and understand a little bit more about the fungus diseases that are among us at the moment. One, of course, crepe myrtle bark scale is an insect problem. But because of the presence of sooty mold that's associated with it, it's also a fungus problem. That's going to be on the bark of your crepe myrtle. But many other crepe myrtles that don't have that do have sooty mold because there's something feeding up in the top. Aphids or white flies or something have gotten started up in the top of the plant. And, unfortunately, even past that, we've got just a gray mold. It it really looks like if it appeared on your house, you would get out the pressure washer. Okay, if it appeared on a piece of furniture, you'd probably get rid of the piece of furniture or get it recovered or something, because it's just gray mold. Now I had the problem last year that's that it's a it's a grayish that doesn't rub off on a leaf, and the plant's not even in shade. So what's going on here? I when I realized last year that it was gray mold. I started cutting things back a little bit, but I really didn't do too much. This was mostly a problem in some elephant ears and cannas that I have. And I cut them down in the fall, made sure to clean it up really, really well. And then this spring and summer, I've done a better job of keeping the area around them weeded. And they have not, even though we've had so much more of appropriate weather for that, they have not turned into gray leaves at all. So if you've got a problem with a couple of plants around that are just moldy you know they just they're they're not responding to anything that you've done and they just sit there well this might be the time to consider whether or not they have ever been cut back for example lirio hardly gets cut back as often as it needs to be these are all things that can be addressed in the winter time to clean up and help things be better in the next spring better better next spring i should say paula in dentville is uh saying good morning howdy do uh, Mike, i got to tell you, that little verbena is pretty. I didn't realize there was a pink verbena that would be blooming now, so that's pretty. Really, really nice. Thanks for showing me that. The, um, ooh, blueberry syrup. Ooh, yes, recipes. <laughs> it's real funny. That's an ironic moment because I haven't told you what else happened at my house this week. I took a bag of blueberries, big bag of blueberries, out of the freezer to get something else out from underneath it. <laughs> And forgot to put it back in. So, yes, there's blueberry syrup going at my house. (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. Oh, well. Sometimes, you know, you just have to give yourself a chance to take on a project you weren't expecting. I was so happy I did. I don't know if I told you all. I think I did. Um, I had a correspondent to send a picture about a, a rubber tree plant, Ficus elastica, and the New sprouts, it's a beautiful plant. The very red stems and just lovely, lovely leaves. Older tree, you know, uh, two or three feet tall at least, and beautiful plant. The problem was that there was, the the sprouts won't open. The, The new leaves come out at the tip and then they unfurl. Well, these were not doing anything for several months. 
Well, there's several reasons why leaves would not open on a lot of houseplant type plants in tropical foliage plants or the things that we wouldn't necessarily be growing in the ground unless we live in a courtyard in Homa, you know, or somewhere. But um, the, the rubber tree plants are very popular. They do need more light than it seems, but even if they're in low light, they do grow slowly. And for that matter, if you move them into less light, they'll just stop. It's not that they're not still going to grow. They're just going to literally put the brakes on. And so we we ascertained from conversations back and forth in email that that was probably what had happened. He moved the plant because it got big. He moved it into a more accommodating space, and that's what that that slowed its growth. But now, fortunately, those uh, leaves are unfurling, and we don't have to worry about a pest having gotten in the stem or anything. So that's really lovely. Well, that's just beautiful. North Carolina, that's lovely. So nice to uh so nice to see this morning. There are lots and lots of beautiful American flags about for all of that and uh that's wonderful. Um on a completely different note. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, Ronnie, that's lovely. That's really beautiful. Y'all are sending such pretty, pretty things. It, it look, This looks like chestnut. Yes, you're right. I'll see what I can. I, I'll pull the picture up closer to me and be able to tell you a little more about it. That's nice. Really pretty shot, though. That's pretty. I'm glad y'all got that. One of the other problems that I've been seeing and hearing from people about um particularly when the weather got a little cooler this week, everybody suddenly wants to say, oh, is it fall? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Well, it's not fall. (laughs) Sorry. It will begin raining again and warm back up, I'm sure. But this little breath does give us a chance to plant mustard seeds, plant turnip seeds, you know, get all the things going that we want to be growing that can start now and will grow on through a few hot weeks, but on into the fall. Um, I, I had a note from someone this week that's growing pumpkins. She said that they were the best pumpkins that they had ever produced because they planted them three times, and this is the first time that they got any pumpkins at all, but they got three pumpkins, so I guess that's one for each year, maybe, of the effort. any rate, she said that the the key, what she had found, was that the, the really and truly the key was something I had said, which I don't think to say often enough, and that is that not only do these vines need a lot of room to spread out, you can let them grow over your lawn, you can let them grow down a wall, you can let them take up a row in the vegetable garden, or you can plant the hill, as we talk about, where we gather up a soil in about a four-foot square and plant them in the middle of it so then they can run throughout that area, get good started, and then they'll take off and take their vines elsewhere. One of the things that, that she said was to remember when you plant them to pull that mound up in the center of that hill if you live on heavy soil because she thinks that what she had done before was to maybe make the vines work too hard. The fertilizer and everything went to the vines instead of going to the flowers and that therefore to the pumpkins. So I thought that was real smart. When you plant your pumpkins next year, just remember to if you've had trouble getting them to make, maybe you're you're letting them get a little too you're planting them a little too low and therefore the vines are trying to actually grow faster to make up for that. Something to think about. Something to consider at least. One of the things going on this week that I thought was so interesting, uh, there's there's things that we just 
bad news, bad news, bad news, and I know that I'm responsible for putting a lot of it out there because we do scientific research to find out what happened, and sometimes what happened isn't what we would have wished. But Woods Hole Oceanographic, um, our, our really go-to folks up on the East Coast, if I was going to be a marine biologist or, you know, any of that, this is where one would aspire to, I think, for a lot of this kind of work, particularly in coral communities. There are some coral communities, and particularly doing uh, studying in the Phoenix Islands in the Central Pacific, there's some coral communities there that are actually showing more heat tolerance. They're becoming more heat tolerant. We talk about, there's a story this week, in fact, that you probably have heard already, that there are animals that are doing what you know, we, we humans fondly refer to as shape-shifting. They're actually just evolving to cope with the changing conditions. But it sounds cooler to say the birds are, cha- are, sh- are shape-shifting in that there are things that are making their beaks get bigger so they can dig deeper, and there, there are wingspans that are expanding so they can migrate farther, and different things that are going on. But, that, but, but at the same time, the little bitties, the coral communities, are actually beginning to do a better job of adapting, too. So that can possibly help us put, the others, put them together with others and inform our ability to protect them a little bit better. 2002 and 2003 really, really tore them up out there. But the reefs recovered, and the next time there was a similar heat wave in, in um, 2010, they had less damage. And later again, 2015, 2016, the heat wave was even deeper, even bigger, even longer, put twice as much heat stress on the corals, but the die-off was much less severe than it had been in either of the two previous incidences. So what that's telling us, of course, and what they're, trying, what they're measuring, I'm telling you they're measuring, is to understand the heat-tolerant offspring and how they are colonizing the reef. So I think that's brilliant. Um, in, in case, I didn't know. I figured, but I didn't know. Heat waves underwater are happening more just like they are on land. And so that's something, because we can measure it, it's something that we can try to help them keep pace with. We would, we would hope anyway, certainly hope. Um, well, my goodness, I don't know. Brenda's in Brandon. She has a beautiful Japanese persimmon tree. Um, this is its first year growing in a huge pot in full sun. Why are some of the leaves not opening? And they do look a little bit misshapen. I, I don't know if you're not finding any evidence of insects, any webbing or any thing like that. I'm going to attribute it to the, the tree trying to get accustomed to growing in a container rather than in the ground. And I'm going to say that this winter, uh, and I'd watch it, if you get if you find any leaf damage, any signs of anything being eaten, or if you find any frass or anything, we have a different issue. But if you do not, I'm going to suggest that the thing to do will be this winter when it's time to prune, you will want to thin the number of branches so that you can selectively grow some to be stronger and probably have better leaves. If uh, if the container's not big enough, that's going to be a problem because these, these trees have a really big root system. This is Brenda with the beautiful yellow rose that no one quite knows. <laughs> but I really like it. It's beautiful. Let me, I'll see if I can... The container, I think, is not the problem, but it just may be the plant's adjustment to it. Okay? We'll, we'll see if there's anything else that I can come up with in the next little bit of time. Mike... You're in Houston. Um, what's going on? What's going on with your garden, sir? 
Well, as uh, as you say, my new flower. But anyway, lovely. Uh, uh, I'm I'm in mom's house now. You know, she passed away, and uh, there's a flower garden that had gods and gods of daylilies, and you see some of the pictures of them anyway, mm-hmm. and candy stuff like that. But uh, it has grown up to almost uh, knee high and grass stuff like that. I just wondered if I could mow over it, mow completely, mow it all down. And put construction flag markers where the you know where the flowers are, and I'll run it. That my little son Joe Tiller in between all those in, in, in between the rows stuff like that. Would that be beneficial? Well, I don't want you to mow over the daylilies, um, but certainly between the rows, yeah. Right, but will, they, will the daylilies come back up? They've been coming up for twenty years. They'll probably come back up, but you still need to weed around them, or the weeds will come back up too. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That you need to have <laughs> yeah. the daylilies need to be bigger so they can dominate, and that's really what I think you're. I think you're going to run into a problem with it. Now that being said, Mike, a few years ago. I had a really bad year. I cut everything down, okay? Nothing really suffered. So I'm not going to tell you not to do that. I had a, I had a September a couple of years ago, five exactly, when I cut everything down. So I'm just going to let you know that if you want to do it, you go ahead. But if you can possibly not cut down the daylilies, I think they'll do better. Thanks for calling. Love seeing your pictures. Appreciate it. We got to get out of here. Stick around, though. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. How old is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Next year we'll be celebrating our 100th anniversary. Since 1922, our purpose has been to provide a unified voice for Mississippi farmers in the legislative arena and serve as a leader in the state's agricultural community. After a century, we remain as committed as we were day one. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Hi, I'm John Albritton. If your diamond seems smaller today than yesterday, trade it for a larger stone at Albritton's. Our certified gemologist will give you a generous, no-obligation appraisal of your diamond, which can be applied to your new selection. Whether you choose to remount your existing stone or simply trade it, you'll get the most diamond value at Albritton's. Quality and value go hand in hand at Albritton's. All Britain's jewelers. Ready? Monster Jackson is sacking the competition with an all-out savings blitz. 
You'll feel like you just scored a touchdown with the savings we're offering on every new and pre-owned Mazda in stock. Get 0% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0% on every new Mazda in stock. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. There will be no false starts when it comes to your credit approval. Our team of credit specialists are here to get you approved. No matter your past credit history, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade-in? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. So come in today, because we're blitzing the competition and saving you big at Monster Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Monsteropjackson.com. With group and also mobile studio for details. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. Dad has long since desired for me to come work alongside him. And now that I'm here, I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy port beverages. Our dining rooms are open and we are taking reservations. Our private rooms are also available along with takeout. Call today or stop in to experience Tico's in the second generation. Tico's Steakhouse, East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. What good questions y'all have today on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. There are, yes indeed, I was right, that is Chinese chestnut. So glad you have those trees. They just got this place and the trees are there and the, the chestnuts are beautiful. Yes, they are edible. They will crack open. Um, you understand that the American chestnut is something that... We're, there's a lot of work being done to help it recover and try to get it back really into cultivation in a big way because the, um, uh, the, the disease that took out the trees just about wiped out all of them, and they are beautiful trees. But the Chinese chestnut, is a, which is actually native to Korea, but anyway, it's, <laughs> I guess they could have called it Asian. I don't know, but it, it, it's probably native somewhere in China too, but I know it is native to Korea. It's a beautiful, beautiful tree. And they're they're pretty. They're they look like starry galaxies. You know, the, each um, the husk of the that covers that saves, protects and and defends the precious nuts on the inside is really very lovely. It's a nice nice plant. One that I'm glad you got. That's great. 
Um, Japanese persimmon with curling leaves. If it's not, if there's no curling that looks like the the leaves have been compromised by pests, I'm going to think maybe you fertilized it too much because that will do that. But if it if it isn't that, I think it's again it's going to be a ne- it's to be necessary to prune the tree so that it can live in that container, and maybe select three strong stems to let them thicken up and and make better leaves next year. But but if you're fertilizing a lot, don't do that. It's not a good choice. Okay, okay. Ooh, mayhaws. Um, because I'm a big fan of John Mayhall, the um, musician, I, I will not even complain that you had Mayhall trees. And then you fixed, you corrected yourself, because it was probably autocorrect that put Mayhall in there in the first place. But anyway, they got their first fruit. Congratulations. Um, should you fertilize them? Should should we fertilize them? The the um, well, not right now. The trees can be fertilized at the end of next winter before the new growth starts, unless you feel like they need root feeding, which you can do in the fall. But uh, I would prefer to see them fertilized at the end of next winter. Okay. Okay. Paul is in Dentville. Uh, what's a good tree that will give shade but not get huge and not and isn't a Bradford pear? Good choice. Um, but I don't know if this is why I thought of this, but Chinese pistache is my current favorite shade tree that's not too tall. It is, uh, it, and it has lovely, lovely color. That's probably why fall color. But um, another good one, I think, is any of the maples, the red maples, not, not Japanese maple. They're not true. Not, it would take a long time to grow a Japanese maple into a shade tree. But um, red maples are not as big as oaks. And there's some varieties. October Glory is probably the most popular one, but there are a lot of varieties of it that are just lovely. Um, and yeah, we don't need a Bradford pear. <laughs> we got plenty of those. <laughs> oh, good choices though. That's nice. Glad to hear you talk about that. Glad to hear you talk about planting trees. Thank you. This might be the day to do that. One of the things about fertilizer is that there are so many of them. And I am, um, well, there, there are things that cause people to just stand and stare, you know. Um, and, and sometimes it's a rack of fertilizer. I've seen people stare when there's too many choices of anything. You'll see people scanning and looking and trying to figure out what, is it a bread and butter pickle? Is it a dill pickle? Is it a sweet pickle? Is it some other kind of pickle? And there's other, these, these other things, they're all pickled. You know, and you just see people standing there because you don't know what to get. And I see people staring at fertilizer like that. So I've been working as part of my work in the um, All Things Garden Mama newsletter to try and put a few more bits and pieces in about what different things are for and what they do. This week I wrote about uh, our friend Winterizer, which is also called Fall Feeding Fertilizer, which is also called Root Fertilizer. There's a bunch of different product trade names for it. But when it says you know, you're, this is the late summer one or the fall one, and, and we all call them winterizers. It's so confusing. How do you know which one to use? How do you know whether you even need to use it? Well, there are programs for lawn fertilizing that use it, that you'd, you'd fertilize in spring, summer, and fall. And what you're feeding at this point with that is the roots. These are very, very low or zero nitrogen fertilizers. Frankly, I wish they were all zero, but that's that's me. 
um, because at this point in the year, we've got so much ability to grow already that we just all we're trying to do is put a little nourishment into the, that root system, okay? But it's also true that these are generally granular products, and people, some people will shy away from that because they, they feel like they don't know how much to use. The good news is that the back of the plant package will generally tell you how much for a lawn, how many square feet, and it will tell you how big a girth, how big around the, the plant, the shrub or tree can be, and how much to use in that case. Yeah, you have to do a tiny bit of math in your head or on a little piece of scratch paper. It's not hard. <laughs> it's really not hard. And the good news is that if you go to a local independent garden center with a horticulturist, they'll be able to tell you. You won't have to guess. Okay? So think about it. These are ones that are put out behind a, uh, a, a walk, out, walk behind spreader for the lawn. This is another case where you don't want to get stripes. You don't want more of this one and less of that one to have it in terms of the areas. But if you are thinking of what to use it on, I will always say that it's fine to use these fall feeding formulas on trees and shrubs that are slow growing and just haven't performed quite right. Um, it might be part of a program where you're trying to get lichen off of a relatively young tree. You might want to give it some, some root fertilizer in the, the fall. might be 0-10-10, one of those formulas like that. And it's a good idea to think about it, because if you don't do it now, of course, then you, the next, mo- next month you're saying, well, is it too late? Is it too soon? Da-da-da-da. Right now is a really good time. So I would like to see you do that. However, I would also like to see you understand that if your trees and shrubs are just old and stodgy, like some of us, <laughs> then they're also the ones that are good candidates for winterizers. And I have another. It, this is one that I've never seen anybody recommend, but I have done it for ages. Um, I, I, I had clients for a long time that used a winterizer fertilizer, and there would always be a little bit left in a bag. So if I'm planting perennials in their yard, I would just turn around and put a little bit of that fertilizer there because it's a great starter fertilizer. Very low nitrogen, got all the minor elements, and has the phosphorus and potassium that those roots need. And it's it's one that I, I probably wouldn't buy a bag of it just for that, but it's a great way to get the perennials off to a good start and also use up the rest of that fertilizer. So it's something to think about, something to consider as you're working on stuff. Um, Bradford Pears, no. <laughs> Let's see. Is it too late in the year to fertilize azaleas? I'm, I'm, I don't know who this is from or where it's from, but it doesn't matter because, yes, it's too late. Even the azaleas that bloom in the fall, and there are plenty of those. Hello, Encore. We love you. But they're, those need to be fertilized after their first big spring bloom at the same time that you prune them, right after their first big spring bloom. See, the thing about Encore azaleas, and the thing also about reblooming hydrangeas, is that those plants have been developed for their capacity to bloom not only on last year's wood, but also on the wood that they grow this year. So that's a bonus, but it doesn't change how you care for the basic shrubs, um, and that is to prune them within a month after that spring bloom. Okay, be sure you do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mama on air, M-A-M-A on air at yahoo.com. That's how you would send me stuff during the week. Y'all have really been keeping it busy in there, too. I have to tell you, um, every time I got through cooking something that the evacuees brought, I had to go look at more emails. Busy week. Busy week at my place. But everybody's home. They have, um, they've, they've got really good neighbors, and everybody's got electricity. So we hope that that is the same for a lot of other people.
really, really soon. I have, uh, there's, there's an awful lot of news out here in the green world this week. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking about the open ocean. Uh, interestingly enough, it, it, this happens, you know, um, I once heard Brett Favre give an interview where he talked about starting to do crossword puzzles at, at some point, you know, to fill up time and to help with his recovery from some injuries and things. And he said, after you do those a while, you realize that the words that you find in the crossword puzzles turn up in your life. Okay. And, and he's right. This was long before anybody thought that the Internet was following them around, you know. And yes, I know if I say towels, then all of a sudden an ad for towels will pop up somewhere. I get all that. Those are all interesting things. But trust me, this has been going on a long time. And as Brett Favre said, you just you have to notice it. There's a word, and then the next thing you know, that word pops up over here, and then it pops up over there. And good grief, why? You never used that one. You just used it because it was in a crossword puzzle. Well, I don't ever think about the open ocean, I have to tell you. I think about it in terms of storms. I think about it in terms of the fact that I'm I'm not a person likely to get on a cruise ship. Um, you know, but I, I do think about how much I love standing on the shore and looking at the ocean. That's a big part of my, my joy. But I'm not one that thinks about going out. If you asked me would I sail around the world, the answer would be no. And it's always been that way. I'd like to join you perhaps in Bali you know, and sail for a little bit while you're in the Southern Pacific. That'd be fine. But probably not going to do that or we're not going to go around the world. That's not for me. It's for you, and I'm glad. Not for me. So suddenly, after thinking about this this week, about um, open ocean and looking at hurricanes developing and looking at storms not developing and looking at the way all the currents and things seem to be shifting in different ways, all of a sudden, here's two stories that just ran smack into each other about the open ocean. And I'm, I'm going to hold on to one for the, the second hour today, but I was, I'm so interested in this. The history of insects living on the open ocean. Did you even think about that? Well, of course, they're there, and there's insects everywhere. But theirs is all about the currents. And, of course, it's wind currents as well as ocean currents. The, the National University of Singapore has been studying these really harsh environments. Um, in fact, there's only one group of, act, of insects that has the, the water, the ocean skaters, the water skaters, the striders, y'all have heard of these, I'm sure. Um, how they managed to do this, of course, was not known. And not, not that there aren't other insects, but they're insects that will be within the creatures that are there. These are the ones that actually live there freely, all right? And it all has to do with the currents. The Pacific Ocean um, and the, the way that they have managed to maneuver themselves through all of that is just amazing to me. Um, it, it's so – they're moving and changing in their positions because our oceans are changing. But as we go back and look at the historical record, we see that all the way through. So that's what these folks are studying, University of Singapore and the Scripps Institution of Oceanography at UC San Diego. Um, I love this. They, 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 they had a chance to go out between Hawaii and Peru and do dip nets to, to capture skates. <laughs> wow. How much fun would that have been? See, I would go on that trip, or at least one week of it. I wouldn't go. It wouldn't last much farther. But I love that they're doing this. The ability of their body covering, um, which is essentially a cuticle, to protect them in the different from the buffeting as well as from the temperatures and the heat and 
UV damage and all that stuff is something that we need to study more of. We need to know, we need to understand more about how that kind of survival, that sort of hostile condition survival really works. It would help us. Maybe we're going to need to live in the ocean. Maybe we're going to need to go, I don't know, outer space. There's a whole lot of... uh, there's a whole lot of work being done on whether or not people can survive on Mars, but I think we need to think about the oceans, too. Let's see. Cookie and Beauregard. That's a pretty limelight. Yes, I'm going to trim those flowers off. Um, they, they will age, but this summer has been tough on yours and mine, too. And like mine, yours are turning brown faster than they are aging through the shades. So I have cut several of mine off, and I'm going to cut some more of them off. I will tell you, um, I have a neighbor who loves spray paint, and I can see these flowers spray painted for the holiday decorating. (laughs) Some loud gold or silver or something very bright would be fun, I think. So I'm going to do something with them. Probably won't be spray paint, but I'm going to do something with them. Um, and that's okay. The plants will go on and grow a little bit. They, they're, they're still blooming, but they probably won't put another bloom on that particular branch that you cut. Okay? Okay. Did you know that cocoa beans have fingerprints? I did not know. <laughs> you learn something new every day if you just pay attention. We are paying attention to a lot of stuff around here today, my friends. And I hope that you are, too. Thank you for being here. This is Weekend Gardening. The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. It's back! That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. That's right, school is back and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving your cash. Pay just $3.29 per month on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross or pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4s Plus. Get a free 40-inch TV without pre-purchase. We want your old vehicle, bring it in, and we'll buy it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. Ridgeland Mitsubishi is the 
king of credit. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Our team of experts is ready to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. School is back in session, so come get your deal now at Richland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Eclipse stock number 1772, Mitsubishi G4, stock number 1795, 1999, down 3.9, separating for once a year with details with a proof credit. Gulf Seafood Outlet. 5-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Billium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Attention! If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Thank you so much for joining me on the radio today, me being your garden mama, and today being, of course, September 11th. Everybody's, um, we're holding a very somber thought, very somber prayer in our heart today, and I hope that you, I really hope that you do that every day. Um, the Someone that I think a great deal of this week said, uh, in, in rather lighthearted fashion, but not about this this issue but she said if you possibly can be kind and I thought well that's a good one if if you possibly can say a prayer for those who uh, you you're you you really don't even know a thing about we we all hope that we're going to have our, our as they say thoughts and prayers um in our families and our communities and our country and and of course for those who take care of us all but we also have to have that prayer for even the people we don't like so much. So think about that. That's important. 
keeps you keep it's all about it's about you and your relationship with those things outside of us that keep us motivated as opposed to anything else really so today's an important day for us to reflect and also frankly to get out and do some gardening because that's good for you one of the ways that we adjust and adapt and keep going yep we plant trees we plant uh, in this case this week we plant mustards we plant beets we plant lots of things so i hope that you will take that opportunity don't let yourself be too down or too absorbed um, in the sadnesses that this world goes through and the ones that we participate in because we are here it's a very tough time and you you're not going to get away from it but on the other hand you have to find your balance, and gardening helps with that a lot. The Technical University of Munich, I think this is just fascinating. I don't even know why exactly they decided to do this. But somebody said, how fast does all this wood decompose, and what's going on, and is it faster and hotter, and this and what's happening? What's going on? And what, of course, this is plays directly into one of my very favorite programs that I enjoy doing so much, which is what you can do with a dead tree. There are a lot of things you can do with a dead tree, all right? And, it, you know, you can, you can plant a garden in it. You can cut it apart and make beds out of it. You can do all sorts of things beautiful with it in terms of carving and building and this and that and the other thing. But you can also let it rot. And in terms of dead wood in the carbon cycle, it's very valuable stuff. How did they measure this, though? How much carbon is released, they asked, as wood decays worldwide? Well, what role do insects even play in all this? What else has an effect on it? We haven't really looked. So these folks, I just am, I'm amazed at this. I, I've written grants and I've put up proposals before, and I've never thought of anything quite like this. At 55 forest locations on six continents, just start with that. 55 forests on six continents. The researchers laid out wood in each of these places for more than 140 tree species to assess the influence of the climate in these various places on the rate of decomposition. Half of the wood in another level of the experiment was placed in mesh cages to keep the insects out. Well, okay then, what did they find out? Well, they found out what you would think. You know, they found out um, the rate of decomposition and the contribution of insects really depend a lot on the climate. In other words, the, the climate itself has a lot to do with how many insects get in there, and that all has to do with how fast all this stuff rots. Higher levels of precipitation, of course, more rain accelerates it in warmer regions. One of those 55 or several of those 55 are in warmer regions. Several of those 55 forests are in colder regions, and where, the, where it rained more there, the rate of decomposition slowed, as you would expect. But until you try it, until you go to 55 forests... <laughs> In six continents, till you do that, you don't really know that you've, you you just can make statements, but you don't know anything. You haven't proved it. So, 50 research groups worldwide completed this three-year experiment, and believe it or not, the, one of their biggest problems in the areas was elephants, just running over it, tromping. You know, they don't care. What are they looking at? They don't care what you're doing. That um, one area was lost to a fire, but it was reconstructed. 
One area was lost to a flood. It was not reconstructed. But what they were able to find out was, of course, the rate at which different woods decompose and the rate at which different woods decompose in different settings. And therefore, because math, you know, algorithms, they're able to determine how much carbon that puts into the earth. And it's, it's the whole thing's still ongoing, of course, because you measure these things for three years, and then you have to replicate the results to have it make a lot of sense. But I really appreciated, um, I now I have somewhere new that I want to visit. I want to visit the Bavarian Forest National Park. <laughs> I don't know why, it just sounds like somewhere I need to see. But anyway, that's, that's going on uh, in the research on the deadwood in the global carbon cycle and, yep, the importance of insects in that particular chemical process. Pretty interesting stuff. I doubt that I'm going to be laying out too many woods, but I can tell you that if you have ever built anything like a bent wood trellis or a wattle fence or any things that you use pieces of what would otherwise be wooden debris to do, then you have... uh, You've seen what I've seen. Some things last longer than others. Some things, frankly, decompose almost immediately. Oh, my goodness. I know that I will be um, putting out some more onions. This is I'm going to have to rename my place. It's going to have to be Onion Acres pretty soon, or Onion Acre. It's only one pretty soon. This is uh, this is turned into literally an onion. Is, is There's onions everywhere. And now I'm ready to plant garlic. So it's going to be an allium festival at my place. Maybe that's what I should be growing in terms of cut flowers, too. There's some beautiful cut flower bulbs to order. Not just that giant allium that we see so often, which is a lovely one, but there are others that are smaller and make more flowers per bulb. And I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking allium has a bigger place in my future than I knew. What I, I, I have a, an absolute prediction for you now. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, we see all the time a calendar for the new year that's either based on astrology or based on uh, the, the, the gemstone of your birth month or, in some cases, um, Chinese New Year characters in, in some other sorts of things. Well, I'm thinking the next one's going to be cats. Yep, that's right. And I don't know, maybe the winter is long, but researchers in Finland, the University of Helsinki, have developed a new questionnaire mm -hmm, for surveying cat personalities and behaviors. They have surveyed more than 4,000 cats, 26 different breeds, seven personality and behavior traits, and there are significant differences between the breeds. I have to tell you, this is not research I would have wanted to do. I have enough trouble with the cats at my house. I love them dearly, but my heavens, to try and understand anything about these most, uh, th there's an awful lot of, shall we say, behavioral challenges to having a cat. But it's also true that, quite frankly, the cats mean a lot to us. So if you've got, uh, if you've got cats... You probably know at least one of these behaviors, something to think about. Well, I have to tell you this. We've put on, yes, our traveling shoes. We're going to get out of here for right now, but don't go far. There's more weekend gardening. The situation is driving me insane. Somebody fetch my coat and hat.
How can propane gas enhance your outdoor experience this season? When it comes to outdoor grilling, there is no better source than propane. But have you thought about a beautiful outdoor fireplace and lighting fueled by propane as well? The perfect setting. Worry-free grilling with propane. A golden propane fire to sit by. And soothing propane lights burning in the background. Impress yourself, friends, and family with propane. Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. We're the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation offices. Farm Bureau is a grassroots organization with county offices serving all 82 counties. From Adams to Yazoo and every county in between, we have local county boards affecting change all across Mississippi. And every Farm Bureau employee is working to improve the quality of life for everyone in the state. When Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. It's that time of deer again. The time to save some bucks at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolden since 1871. All deer products 10% off during our customer appreciation week. Monday, September the 6th through Saturday, September the 11th. 50 pounds of corn, 749. 50 pounds of 13, 13, 13, 1275. 50 pounds of rice bran, 799. And a 350 pound boss buck feeder for only $249.99. It's that time of deer again. Customer appreciation week at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. It's been 20 years since the September 11th terrorist attacks, and Americans still remember the horror of the day. I watched as American Airlines Flight 11 approached the North Tower, no attempt to go around, and it got swallowed up into the tower. This anniversary is big because it's 20 years, but every year it's a gut punch. There's no question. It's, uh, you know, we'll live with the scars the rest of our lives. People out there standing watching, hoping that we'd find a, a person alive, their loved ones, their families. That was that was difficult. I think about it all the time. And Gordon Fellows, president of the Mississippi Bankers Association, says a proposal from the White House could have a major impact on your privacy as it relates to banks reporting to the IRS. All bank accounts, all credit union accounts, all investment accounts that have an aggregate of $600 in a calendar year would have all types of information related to those accounts reported. I'm Andy Davis. The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. 
This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. The Vietnam Traveling Memorial Wall will be in Mississippi this week. The smaller replica of the Vietnam Memorial in Washington stands six feet tall at the center and covers nearly 300 feet from end to end. It'll be on display in Richland on Town Square beginning Thursday through the 20th. Admission is free. If you'd like to see the full details, visit supertalk.fm. And one of the hijacked planes on 9-11 was heading toward the U.S. Capitol, but the passengers fought back. The flight crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Now there's an award to honor them. Here's Stephen Clark, superintendent of the Flight 93 National Memorial. He was on America's Newsroom on Fox. What those 40 individuals did as a unit to try and go and take back control of that mm. aircraft is something that I think the world needs to understand. The Friends of Flight 93 award was inspired by the courage of the passengers on 93, and it's meant for those who embody the same spirit. I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Today is 9-11, a special date in our country's history as we mark the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. There will be several special presentations prior to several football games today. Among the games that will be played today, Mississippi State is at home, taking on North Carolina State. There will be a 6 o'clock kickoff there at Scott Field in Davis Wade Stadium, 4 o'clock airtime on the Mississippi State Football Network. The Ole Miss Rebels, ranked 20th, will be at home taking on Austin P. after their big win over Louisville last week. 6.30 kick at Vault Hemingway Stadium, 4.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network in Oxford. Some of the other key matchups in the SEC today, an old rivalry renew between Texas and Arkansas at Fayetteville will kick off at 6 o'clock. And the first SEC matchup of the year, Missouri will take on Kentucky. Southern Miss will be at home against Grambling State, 6 o'clock kick in Hattiesburg. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation stand for? Everything we do is built around attaining a better life for Mississippi farmers and ranchers and all Farm Bureau members. Things like rural broadband and private property rights, funding for roads and bridges, and our Child Saver program. We think these are outstanding causes, and hopefully you do too. Because when Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Special 9-11 presentations will continue on the baseball field tonight at Trustmark Park as the Embrays take on the Montgomery Biscuits, and it will be First Responder and Military Appreciation Night. All first responders, active duty, and retired military, along with the Mississippi Department of Public Safety employees, will receive two complimentary tickets for the 6 o'clock game tonight against the Montgomery Biscuits as the Embrays look to clinch the division, make it into the playoffs as well. The 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks will be with special pre-games events and the patriotic post-game fireworks at Trustmark Park. The Shuckers 
are on the road today and Sunday, and they will finish up the season at home with Tennessee beginning on Tuesday. The first place the Embrays are playing their final home stand with the Montgomery Biscuits, and will finish up on Sunday. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. This is a somber day. It is September 11. That is the 20th anniversary, the 20th commemoration, the 20th year since the attacks on our country that happened on this date 20 years ago exactly. The uh, celebrations of the lives of people who were lost that day continue with the reading of their names and the playing of music and the commemoration of the event all takes place as you heard on the reports from our sports director. There's lots of things that happen at events there's also very private ways of understanding, observing, and frankly, learning and gathering from what happened on that day. I encourage you to participate in as many of those as you would like. In particular, plant a tree. If you want to do something to commemorate, you want to do something to celebrate the people that we lost and the people who worked so hard to keep everything safe since then, plant a tree. It's the way to put your work into specific action. You know me, I believe we can worry, but I believe we also have to take care of business. And in this case, planting a tree is a real good idea. So do that, all right? Do it for me. Do it for you. Do it for the planet and do it in memory of everybody who was lost on that day and everyone who was lost, frankly, and who had unfortunate situations that developed illnesses of an assortment as a result of the cleanup from that event. We've learned a lot. Um, I saw a picture today of a dear friend of mine from that day that she happened to be in that part of the world and was photographed from with the, the towers in the background and the next morning they got up to all of this. They, they came home you know, from the event they had attended and uh, they came home to find out that that would probably be the last picture of that spot. And indeed, you know, these things happen to us. We, that's why we have to live every minute, every minute. Don't let anything get by you. Take every opportunity that you can also to encourage your own, your feel-good stuff, the things that make you content, that make you happy, that keep you calm. On that subject today... Horticulture therapy is a thing. It's a real thing. It's why you feel so good when that seed comes up. It's also why you feel so bad when the tree dies. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of horticulture therapy. But the whole business in, the, in terms of research from the University of Washington School of Medicine really is pushing us forward to understanding the reward circuitry in our brains of dopamine and the ways that we can affect it, the ways that we can build it up so that we don't have to go to other substances, so that we don't have to go to 
places in our head that are dangerous and dark so that we can keep ourselves feeling good and living in the minute. So it's wonderful. This is in Nature Neuroscience is the name of the paper, I mean the name of the uh, the journal, which is from another case where some journals are more formal than others. This one's very formal, and it is, in fact, a peer-reviewed study. What they're looking on um, is the ways that how these basic pieces of our brain can work for us. We know they work for us every day. We want to make them work even harder. And the study of dopamine comes directly into that. Let's see. On to Goche. Diana, let's talk about snapdragons. What's on your mind today? Yes, I have a large container that had several plants in them, but months ago they all froze. But I have two snapdragons to come back. One has flowers and the other one does not. I love it. And I was wanting to know what do I need to do to keep them alive and thriving. Well, the first thing to do is celebrate. Because ordinarily, snapdragons would have died out in the heat already in Goche or in Jackson, where I am. (laughs) And in fact, I had one that continued to survive this year and came back and bloomed. And I take it as an example of that I should never say, pull up all your snapdragons, which I have said many times at the end of springtime. So here's the good news. It's already back into what would be the fall behavior for the plant. I would, if if, if they're about the same size, I might take the old flowers off the one that is blooming and trim the other one back just a little bit to stimulate some new growth so that it can set some flowers. You might want to use some flower forming fertilizer on them if if you you know if you if you tend to water your flowers with fertilizer this would be a good time to do that. But I I don't know I can't explain it because the temperatures at my house and your house are not what snapdragons like in the summer so we just either we have an unusual snapdragon or we just got really lucky and i think we got really lucky because i do love those flowers um, i'm going to fertilize mine again and see if i can't keep them going on through the fall and, and i'm going to plant some more so. think about putting some more into that same container sure absolutely all righty thank you let me ask you one more question are yours tall ones or y'all are yours short ones Ooh. The stems, do they get about six inches or do they get more like 12 inches? No more like six inches. Oh, that's lovely. That's really pretty. I can't wait to hear about ha- what happens next. Thank you. All right, now thank you, ma'am. Great to talk to you. That's fun. Um, you can always send me pictures during the week. You can send them here, of course, to the text line, 601-879-4395, or to Mama on Air at yahoo.com if you want to entertain me during the week and make me smile. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, Greg's got uh, country cats. We're talking about the personalities of cats. His apparently are hunters, and that's good. <laughs> that's very good. Oh, Trey, this is, yeah, you've gotten some splits. That's true. Uh, but they're delicious. Is that right? Are they a first fruit or a first vegetable? I don't know because they're fruits, but we eat them like vegetables. So, but yeah, I have seen a little bit of cracking, and he's right. It's, um, they're, they swell up a little bit, and then it stops raining, and then it rains again, and it rains, and then they pop, you know, so they, they get the little cracks. But the taste is not affected, and certainly their, um, their deliciousness is not affected. Oh, yeah, that's so nice. That looks really good. I'm eating cherry tomatoes by the handful at the moment, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. 
planting a tree is a real good idea. That's true. And in 20 years, um, Ken says that you, if you have to cut it down, you can always replant another one. Well, that's a good idea. Hopefully you won't have to pl- replant too often. Uh, won't, won't have to do that. Um, <laughs> Jeff's contemplating chainsawing because it's cool outside. I, I understand. I was out moving stuff around yesterday because it was pleasant, and I thought, I couldn't have done this two weeks ago. Had to haul off some stuff I had cut and do some things. Um, and, and it's been very pleasant. Now, all of that's going to rebound again, and it will be warmer, but we will be a little bit better off because we had a week in most of our listening area that was cooler than it had been. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's nice. I, I like that. Now, I, I don't, I'm not even going to answer this. I'm just going to give you this headline because I thought it was interesting. What if our history was written in our grammar? In other words, what if the way that the culture proceeds could be reflected in our various um, slangs and jargons and the way that we use words other than what would necessarily be thought of as grammatically correct. I don't know. I, I, I'm, for an English major, I'm very flexible. I, I actually do think that language evolves on an almost daily basis and that that's okay. I have had a big surprise this week, and you may have had one of these before, my, uh, you, I, I told you all about this. I didn't intend to grow potatoes last year, but I had some that were sprouted, so I planted them. And, well, not last year, in February. So I planted them. And they did well. Put them in a big pot, fill them in with, with the soil, and then you fill them in with soil all the way up the stems and fertilizer so that they can make potatoes in there. Well, they did that, and I dug out most of it, and I thought I had pulled out all the plants and all the potatoes, too. Well, apparently I didn't. Because I shoved that container. That's a container that if, when you grow potatoes in something or you grow tomatoes in a big container, you don't want to repeat that. So I try to keep that container separate so I can then put something else in it. And I had fully expected to be planting broccoli in it a couple weeks ago. Well, went out there. Now, you know, I, I have the cats, so I'm always putting empty containers and stuff on top of soil in pots because I want to make sure that they're not there. And I pulled that out and underneath all of those what were otherwise covers were all of these sprouts. And not just little sprouts. Potato sprouts four and five inches long coming up in there. So I took all that stuff out and in fact I now have a a container that looks even better full of potatoes. So when you ask me when to plant potatoes I'm going to say February. And I know that we can also plant them in the summer for the fall garden, but I've never done this one. I've never had them grow through the summer and then sprout again. So I'll let you know how it goes. I'm taking good care of them, and I look forward to it, but I'm surprised. Um, Now what do I do? I've got some more potatoes that sprouted. (laughs) You can see I don't cook the the potatoes very effectively. But but they do seem to sprout sooner. I I don't know. Maybe they're using a little bit less... uh, Please don't sprout spray on them than they used to, but uh, that's it's just funny. That's for for those of you, by the way, who are um, kind enough to be part of my world on Patreon. Um, that's you know that's the one where I tell you that I know I know I'm worth a buck a month because I've, you know, so many of you have been kind enough to come over and get onto Patreon with me. That gives you access to all my archives, gives you access to the newsletter a few days after the, the primary subscribers get it, and it gives you access to the once-a-month intergenerational gardening Zoom, which this month will be done on September the 23rd. 
So that's what I wanted to tell you. Okay. Did you know that hummingbirds, I, I, this, this has just been a fun week for the hummingbirds at my place. Um, in the wake, in the beginning, when, when I didn't know how much Ida was going to disrupt everything, I moved my containers of tomatoes closer in the courtyard so they wouldn't be in as much wind damage if there was any, which it turned out there wasn't very much of, a little bit, but not too much. And there, the hummingbirds literally came up to the window to get into the tomatoes. They weren't the least bit bothered by me or by the cat that was sitting inside <laughs> looking at them. And then I went was sitting in the front garden um, working on some pulling up gripe weed, if you have to know. Not exactly a bucolic experience, but trying to get rid of that gripe weed. And here they come again. There's two of them now, and they're, they're hitting the cannons, and they're hitting everything else that's up there. And it was really fun. I'm, I like the uh, migration time, and I'm sad to say that we cannot go to the festival this year. They're, they've had to curtail that event. But the good news is the hummingbirds do not care. And so all you have to do is hang up your feeders, make sure your flowers are blooming, and they will be there for you. No question about that. You may have seen, I don't know if it's been posted um, on Facebook yet, may not, but, but you will see my um, sort of gnarly forest of variegated pittosporum that uh, needs pruning badly. And uh, I'm not going to cut it down right now, but I am starting to get the things underneath it pulled out because it's not there's not much plants there that I want. The ones that I actually want are oh you know the thing the, there's Turk's cap back there and there's um, some autumn clematis and things that are really very rugged and very delightful to have. But I do need to get in there and get some of those others out. And what I have noticed and what I wanted to tell you about is that we are having a late summer sp- just terrible amount of poison ivy popping up. Watch when you're weeding. Do you, do you, even if you have on gloves, even if you have on long sleeves, which you may or may not, you, the poison ivy is fresh and ready to hurt you. So watch for it and don't let it be a problem. You be part of the solution of, of dealing with it, okay? Um. By the way, if your berries are forming, I noticed this on my Nandinas, there's Tons and tons and tons of berries. It, this is the time that if they needed water, mine don't, but if yours need water, any of your berry producers, this would be a good time to think about doing that. If you didn't get a lot of rain in the last couple of weeks, and many of you did, many of you didn't, I want you to make sure that you're make, taking care of those berries because they will in turn take care of our wildlife. Um, it's really important to think about that and to, to let them have what they need. It also helps us, particularly if you have something that tends to drop its leaves earlier than you want, you need to pay attention to the amount of water that plant is getting through the summer. For example, we might we had a whole lot of water at my house in June, less in July, and then a whole lot, and then none. So it's been kind of spotty. Well, I'm not really good about watering consistently if the, like I've always told you, the problem with woody plants is many of them don't wilt. They just sit there and they don't do anything. <laughs> so go check on your woody shrubs, check on your small young trees, and check on your burying plants. If they need some attention, if they need a little water, if they need for you to maybe pull some weeds around them, this would be a great time to do that. Have you harvested sweet potatoes yet? 
Well, I don't grow them myself, but a lot of people do, and a lot of people are starting to harvest. They harvest this month, and they harvest on into the next month as well, in some cases. Um, it It's better if you want to, I think for the home garden, it's better when they're the size of your fist rather than when they're the size of your forearm, but that's kind of up to you. I do hope that you understand storing and curing, and if you don't you want to know about that, we can talk about it, or you can send me an email about it. But this time of year... Don't forget, we're starting to plant things that we want to grow over the winter, okay? Parsley and coriander and spinach and, yep, coming up pretty soon, we'll be putting in a whole lot of other things, but don't leave out the nasturtiums. If you if you have never grown them, this is really the time to do that. Um, and it's also the time to start some seedlings of flowers that you're going to plant next month. Um, those those corn flowers and um, or also called bachelor buttons, but the poppies are particularly important to get started, unless you're going to overseed some other area. In that case, get out there and work on your bed for them because frankly, those T90 seeds need some help to come up in heavy soil. Give yourself a little bit of time to do that, and then it'll be time to plant next month. 888-808-8637 is, of course, the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Um, y'all are so funny. <laughs> y'all tickle me. I just can't repeat everything that you say on the text line. However... I can tell you a lot of other stuff, and I'll repeat your questions about plants and talk to you about what's growing and what's not, and we'll get them going right all the way through the hour. This is Weekend Gardening. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. If you are building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, and even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. 
Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. No Drip Roofing in Construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, No Drip Roofing in Construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies, ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home because we hate termites more than you do. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 601- 864-3752. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at fillmorebuickgmc.com. Feel more Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf shrimp special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. I think maybe if I had had a music professor a little bit more like Booker T, I probably would have majored in music. Not that y'all were bad. I enjoyed all my time playing music and um, and, and studying flute, particularly, and piano and whatnot. But I have to say that knowing that that man is a musicologist and a, a professor gives me hope for the next generation of musicians, or the next several generations, in fact. Speaking of hope, my goodness... Um, do you, you do know that we have the the one and only great Mississippi Tea Company in, in our state, don't you? You do understand that here in, in Brookhaven. Um, the folks are just amazing, and they're constantly on top of stuff. And I just had to mention them because so seldom does 
tea that we drink get a real serious look in the way of this particular study. The American Institute of Physics is letting us know, now I'm sure the guys know this already, um, Jason and Tim already know this, but the the, rheology, R-H-E-O-L-O-G-Y, rheology, of course, is this the, what they they applied they had to do this they're trying to figure out what in the world makes tea better what is the quality of the water what is the quality of the brew what is the temperature what is this all of this stuff but it's also the water hardness the water acidity whether or not you add anything to it all this sort of stuff these these things all make a difference but in uh, this particular business they have been working on improving the quality of a cup of black tea. Now, you may think that's quaint, but let me tell you something. A boatload more people drink tea than you would think, and actually a boatload more people drink tea than coffee if you go worldwide. So rheology, of course, is the, the, the study, is, is how you look at the way stuff flows in a, in a liquid or gas state. It's not like looking at tectonic plates, okay? It's, it's like looking at, at tea. It's like looking at, at liquid. So... It has a whole lot of influence. The, the engineers use it, of course, and to, to understand how things work together. But a whole lot of other stuff for, in manufacturing has to know how stuff flows, how matter flows together. You can think of anything. You can chocolate. I mean, anything you think of is going to have some quality of this that, that has to be put together, all right? So what they worked on was the interfacial phenomenon of a cup of tea left to cool after it was steeped. Now, there's a teeny tiny film. This is not like the film on top of pudding. This is really thin, 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 thin. It can form. Sometimes you can see it, and sometimes it will crack just like the other films would. But what they worked on was, what is this? How does it work? And what are we getting? And what they when they found the number, there were a number of reasons for it, but they really felt like originally that it was the tea leaves themselves. No, it's not. It's not their waxy coloring that did this. It, it is actually the water. And some places come from more of the, the water. Um, the water has more of an influence than others. And sometimes, quite frankly, frankly, it makes a lot of difference. If you made a cup of tea in perfectly pure water, they tell us, it would be indeed filmless. There would be no film on top. But it would be bitter because it didn't have the interactions that it needs to have by developing that film. I think that's really interesting stuff. Something to know. Um, and let's see. Where are we at? Oh, okay. That's going to be good. Oh, by the way, speaking of, of, of tea and water and, and rheology and whatnot, the, uh, I was telling you before, they're trying to figure out if humans can survive on Mars, you know, and how to get us there and one thing and another. Well, this particular piece of it, is um, because of the International Space Station, of course, we have a lot of things that we can study and that we have studied, but other things that we need to continue studying. And one of these is about the potable water system. It has been identifying, um, the study works on everything that is there, from 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 the, the stuff that's there, the stuff that develops, and the stuff that they can't figure out yet. So what they're trying to work on, of course, waterborne bacteria, because this is such a perfect place to study it, then it in turn gives us information for other pieces of this kind of work. It's really interesting that there are 
the fact that we just have to get into our bacteria and know more and more about it, even in the at the International Space Station and the water, is pretty good. It's pretty good. Joy, welcome in from Savannah, Tennessee. What's on your mind today? I was just wondering if you could give me an antidote or how I could get rid of the slime that comes up where I, you know, sprayed grass killer over the years. It's uh, black. It's you know dark browny green, and it's it's slick and slimy when it's wet. But when then it dries out, it's real thin paper. You know, paper thin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if there was some kind of chemical. I had some lime, and I'd put that on it. But, of course, I didn't know if that might have been just the opposite of what I needed. No, lime's the right way to go. Uh, usually this, in addition to the shade being a problem um, for, for the, the where this stuff will grow, and, and as you say, you've killed other weeds in that area, so obviously the, the turf wasn't growing super well there. But the, this, is, this really often is a lime problem. I, I would get in touch with your county agent's office and just do a simple soil test before you put anything out there. It may be that you don't. It may be that you need more. It may be that you don't need very much, that you're getting close because you've already applied some and just have to wait for it to work. But I would do a soil test first and then go from there. I have a feeling you're going to need to adjust the pH, but I don't want you to just start dumping lime on there because it it does have an effect and you want to know how much it's going to have. They, they, well, can, they can tell you that. Yes, ma'am. Well, where it is, it's in gra- it's in gravel mm-hmm. around the shop where the grass don't grow. And, right. Uh, I just don't like grass growing in gravel. Right. No, I don't either. Lime is going to be the way to get that um, out of there, I would think. And if if there's another if there's another product, somebody at your local garden center would probably know. I might take a a, a picture of the stuff, you know, and say, is there something that would work better? It may be that there's something in the gravel itself that's causing it to get started. Well, uh, what I've used over the years is kind of a, like a Roundup. I guess it's a glyphosate, and it's called Cornerstone. I get it at the farmer's, you know, co-op. Mm-hmm. But it's not keeping the stuff away. Well, the the black stuff, you know, I have to spray ever so often, you know, where the seeds will come up through it. Mm-hmm. But it pretty much stops stuff from coming over, right. you know, from the from the lawn. Right, right. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that the black slimy stuff is on its own a problem and can be handled you may have to do a lime drench of that area every so often but i would take a picture of the specifics to your folks at the garden center or you can send it to me mama on air at yahoo.com but i need to see the the problem i can't tell you what it what the specifics of it are i just know that when we, we've got these kind of issues oftentimes lime will handle it Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thank sure. you. Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate hearing from you today. That's great. Andrea's in Madison. Um, that's just really so pretty. That cat whiskers is a nice plant. It's a it's fun, and it's another one of those that in late summer can just brighten everything up. It's of course it's a white flower, but it's got lots and lots of stamens and, and just crazy stuff coming out of it. It's a beautiful plant. The flowers bloom quite frankly for a good number of weeks too um, especially if you deadhead them they'll go ahead and, and make you some more it's a nice plant thanks for showing it to me I like it the cocoa beans uh, fingerprint I, I remember I realized that this is something we're supposed to want to know and that is of course um, 
where did that chocolate come from? In the same way that you want to know where did that diamond come from? You know, is the the person at the source doing well with it, or are they is there some sort of exploitation going on, and all of these sorts of things? But here's the deal: chocolate, you know, is billions of dollars in in economy around the world, and this, this issue of making sure that the farmer gets a good deal for the beans and therefore is willing to continue the hard work of growing cocoa makes a whole lot of sense if you want to think about it. This one is Supply Chain Management Journal. Don't you know they've had a lot more attention lately than they used to? But this is study from the University of Surrey, and they are developing biotech that could help identify the literally provenance of the cocoa bean that's coming in so that this would give um, biomarkers to the registered locations and of course that was what would be required for audit so if you didn't have them clearly the, the concern would be that these were from someplace that was not seeing to the care of the farmers or where the farmer was not involved in the process. This was just a, 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 a really basically an exploitation because something that's as valuable as chocolate the cocoa itself from where it comes from should be a little more valuable than it has been in recent years. We think about this a lot. Um, interestingly enough, the biomarker then in the chocolate manufacturing would tell us where it all came from. I thought about the importance of this and whether or not I thought it was even important. And I do. Um, not Partly I'm a chocolate person myself, but also because I remembered seeing Eric Rupert and Anthony Bourdain when they were going to develop their chocolate, their line of chocolates. And the wonderful piece, the documentary piece that I watched was about them going to meet the farmers and work with the farmers. And I thought that's pretty rare. And it turns out it's exceeding rare. And so the people that were that grow the basics don't participate in the I don't even know how many dollars a pound. Anthony Bourdain chocolate <laughs> pulled. I have no idea, but I'm sure it was quite expensive. And the notion of them being responsible enough to want to spread that back to the farmer and the workers made a whole lot of sense to me. So uh, the cocoa beans fingerprint, um, working on this, I love that the professor of digital transformation at the university is the one who wrote the paper. I think this is great. But of course, there's been uh, it's a turbulent market anyway. More and more people are are in love with chocolate all the time and our desire to have it be better chocolate leads us to better processing but also to needing to know where it came from and I think that's pretty interesting stuff pretty good stuff I had a lovely note from someone this week um, about her May Pops that of course is uh, someone here talked last week about the tropical passion vine and this is the native one, of course, is the one that we call Maypop. Um, the, the Tokyo University is now working on figuring out how to get those qualities that we really love in flowers like passion flowers um, out into other uses. For example, there's bacteria inside the passion fruit seed. So we want the flowers to be beautiful, but we want them to be healthy so that they make the make seeds and produce maypop. Um, that in turn tells us what what's living in there is actually an awful lot of bacteria that shouldn't be able to survive. 
So there's a lot of work being done um, on, on these various passion fruits to explain this because if we can figure out how they survive, we can interpolate, interpret that and translate locate that into other applications. The thing about basic science is that basic science is amusing by itself, fascinating discoveries, but it's just like if we stopped, if we just watched that seed sprout and got it to come up perfectly and then stopped, well, we wouldn't really get a whole lot out of it, would we? We'd have a very nice accomplishment. We'd have something to look at for a minute. But we really do have to understand that everything goes into what happens next. And, for example, I'm looking at two little uh, – I have a container basil variety that I wanted to try. To, I'm going to try again to grow basil in the house all winter. I'll let you know. But out of this package of seed, I only got two to come up and make plants. Well, they're getting way too much attention. <laughs> for considering, you know, this that they may not even make. But that's kind of how we do it. We pay attention to what needs attention. And uh, this whole thing about the cat personalities folds right back into that. We have all known plants that thrive on benign neglect. We've all known cats that really don't want anything to do with you. They just would like to know where the food bowl is, the water bowl, perhaps the litter box, and that's it. They're not interested. But we also know other plants that, for goodness sakes, really do seem to do better if you water them frequently, if you fertilize them frequently, if you pay attention to them all the time. They seem to do better. Not all of them, but some do. This, these little basils have certainly been coaxed. But there's cats like that, too. Um, they're, they're cats that will sit in your lap when the weather's cold, but they don't care about you the rest of the time. They're clearly getting what they need at that moment, you know. It's just funny. Um, excessive grooming is one of the th- qualities of cats. Aggression towards humans or fear- fearfulness of them. I-, I really felt like I was on Animal Planet reading this. <laughs> hey, look now. If you hadn't planted your turnip greens, you're going to miss a good chance. Now's the time, folks. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. contractor to help rebuild your home after a disaster? Don't get scammed. Go licensed. Be skeptical about door-to-door offers of repair services. Ask friends and family for recommendations of contractors that they've used. Get at least three bids and never pay in cash. Don't make a bad situation worse. Protect yourself and your family after disaster strikes. Go licensed. For more information, visit our website at www.msboc.us. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. 
For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. At Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Indoor air pollution can cause health risks, such as asthma, eye issues, itchy and sore throats, respiratory problems, and skin irritations. Green Home Solutions provides you the indoor air quality you want for your home or business without indoor air pollutions and without the use of harmful chemicals. Create a balanced, healthy, and clean environment with Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Call me, owner Michael Keaton, at 601-988-7840 or look for us on Facebook. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! <laughs> I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game. It's that time of deer again. The time to save some bucks at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolden since 1871. All deer products 10% off during our customer appreciation week. Monday, September the 6th through Saturday, September the 11th. 50 pounds of corn, 749. 50 pounds of 13, 13, 13, 1275. 50 pounds of rice bran, 799. And a 350 pound boss butt feeder for only $249.99. It's that time of deer again. Customer appreciation week at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. he said I was in a lot of burning buildings it was a great job the only job I ever had that compares with the thrill of acting Steve Buscemi said that 
You may know him uh, you, from any number of movies and, and television things. Boardwalk Empire is probably my favorite of his roles, but um, every Adam Sandler movie, Fargo, all those things. He was a New York City fireman from 1980 to 1984, and on this day, the September 11th, events occurred 20 years ago, and he went back to the firehouse. That's who we are, isn't it? That's who we are. We take care of what we can take care of, and we do what we can do. And he's right. Uh, my friends that have, have had careers in firefighting will tell you that the adrenaline is incredibly intense. Obviously, I had never thought about it as being the same as acting, but I do know that there is a, a tension, and there is a an adrenaline buildup that you have to have in order to do either one of those jobs. It's very interesting. Amazing guy. I've got another quote for you from about that day, There's, but there will be many, many more generated today, I think, because people are speaking um, in a ways that they have not done before. There are lots and lots of things to consider today. I hope that your garden will be one of them. I've had several of you weigh in since I suggested in the previous hour that if you really want to do something, plant a tree in honor, in memory, in commemoration, and in the spirit of the future, which is really what gardening is all about. Um, if you're not doing stuff in your life that makes you think ahead, you can really get caught up in the spin of the day-to-day. -day. And we all know that that's true. Uh, for This is the other piece of that story I was talking with you about in the previous hour. I'm so interested in this open ocean thing. Never been there before, and suddenly these stories just have come piling in upon me. Um, migrating birds are also noticing the changing in these currents. Now, 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 the skates, of course, are on the water currents over the ocean. But in terms of the birds, they're, the air currents are the ones that affect them. And because of the way the waters are, the uplift conditions are also changing at times. This doesn't go directly to the shape-shifting business of getting your bigger beak because you have to dig deeper for your food or those things, but it does go to the wider wingspan because greater distances are being increased. Um, they, they worked on five large land birds, this particular study, from the Max Planck Institute and the University of Constance. They are trying, you know, because it's the, the question hits all of us, how do they go that far without stopping? You know, uh, where's where's dinner? <laughs> where's lunch? Where's sleeping? Where's anything? But they found that indeed, the birds of these five largest species that they were tracking, the land birds um, really do have to follow very carefully, as opposed to the seabirds. The land birds really do have to follow very very carefully everything that's going on, the wind and the uplift, and and they've got to actually adjust a little bit to the best atmospheric conditions. Those things include warming. Those things include the changes that they are experiencing. So they have examined the sea crossing behavior of 65 birds, five different species. Good heavens, what a lot of data that must in, in give you forward that you have to then take apart. But um, they're trying to figure out how they do it. They're seeing what they do. They're watching them follow the currents, but there's still a lot of wing flapping involved, and that's a lot of energy expense that they're not built up for at that moment necessarily. So the osprey, in fact, uses rising air thermals to, to uplift from the ocean, okay, to get up over the open sea. So there's all sorts of stuff going on out there and things that we need to study. 
I'm happy to say that uh, there's plenty of people apparently that want to track the data because they're all over the place doing it. It's wonderful. The skates and the land birds, and, and we will know more and more about the water as we get. Maybe I'll, maybe this week will be something else. I don't know why open ocean suddenly came to me as a thing. I do, I do know that when I feel stress, I want to gaze at the water. Um, I'm always happy that I live by a few – I always try to live by sources of water, um, reservoir, rivers, lakes, ponds, oceans. I've lived around all of them, and I, I'm happy there. I'm, I like that. Find your spot like that. I hope you will also have that experience. I have a fistful of stories about what we should and should not eat, and I'm not going to give them to you today because, frankly, at this particular day, I want you to enjoy whatever it is that you want to eat. But I will tell you that an avocado a day turns out to be a good thing for women. (laughs) So you guys who like avocados, I don't think it'll hurt you either. But um, this particular bit of work, is coming to us from my friends, and I say that because I know somebody that went to school there, at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. They, the, this was 105 overweight adults, and some were obese, participated in this randomized control trial that um, gave them one of their meals every day for 12 weeks. And the women who consumed avocado as part of their daily meal in this one study did, in fact, have a reduction in what is called deeper visceral abdominal fat. And we all know that belly fat is a, a nemesis, something that we don't want. Um, the, the, the good fat of avocados can help. And there's, there's no reason why we shouldn't, um, you know, get, get better at understanding what these things are. This hard-to-target fat that is associated with a higher risk is really something that we understand. Now, the fat distribution in males didn't change, although they were happy to have avocado toast, I suppose, or whatever it was. And neither of them um, had any improvements or degradations in their glucose tolerance. So it's interesting what they study to go along with that. Pretty fun stuff. I'm, I'm an avocado person. Y'all know that, that that's one of those things that I'm really glad has come into the greater world like asparagus. Um, when I was a child, I didn't even know uh, the only blueberry I saw as a child, and I'm not that old. I'm old, but, I mean, it's just how fast things have changed. The only blueberry I ever saw was in a can inside the Betty Crocker Duncan or Duncan Hines or somebody like that um, blueberry m- muffin mix. Okay? And I knew they were interesting, but it never occurred to me that we would have a huge industry and be growing them and be loving them and enjoying them so very, very much as we do now. That's very wonderful. A lot of things like that, though, have have changed in the way that they grow and the places that they're able to grow. I will be doing several things this week. I'm going to get ahead of things and do a couple of repairs on the covers for my salad tables. I'm looking forward to some programs that I hope y'all are going to want to come to. We're actually going to be doing, um, as of this date, I've gotten the tentative schedule, so I'm not going to read it out, for Fall Flower and Garden Fest at Crystal Springs. As you know, there will be no vendors, but there will be speakers from 9 to 12 each day, or 9 to 1 each day of that week, October, the week of October 7th. Um, that's the day that I've been invited, and I hope that it will stay that way because also on that day is 
the one and only amazing super duper Christine Coker talking about gardening and salad tables. And Gary Bachman is there that day and all kind of other stuff. I'm going to bring you the whole program and we will print it for people to look at. But it's just something else to look forward to, something else to put your hope into action about. Get out there, get in your garden, plant a tree, and come back next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communications. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Put propane to work. Propane has become a leader in the industrial market because it offers a number of key advantages over other fuels such as lower emissions. Propane-powered forklifts produce fewer emissions than gasoline and diesel forklifts. Not only that, but when you look at site-to-source emissions, propane's totals are even fewer than electricity. Choosing forklifts that run on American-made propane reduces dependence on foreign oil and keeps jobs at home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? Quit wasting your time and get to Richland Mitsubishi. We are your pre-owned headquarters. Yep, you heard that right. We've got an amazing selection of cars, SUVs, crossovers, and more all waiting for you. With such a huge selection of pre-owned vehicles, we're sure to have something for every buyer and every budget. Looking for a truck or Jeep? We have them. In two-wheel drive, 4x4, diesel, every brand, every size, lifted and customized, we've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hardtops, Softtops, Lifted, and Kitted Jeeps for you to choose from. Plus, get a free 40-inch TV on us. Worried about past credit issues? Don't be. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Want to trade? Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. What are you waiting for? Get to your pre-owned HQ, Richland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today, or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. See dealer for details. Your home for a Super Talk Mississippi media production.